Welcome to another edition of Hoop Jack. I am your host, Christopher Armistead, and today I am here with episode three guests, Jake Adkins and Alec Moran. Say hi to the guests, fellas. What up, though? What's going on? What's going on? So we're going to get right into it. So we're going to recap real quick. Uh, Bucks won game three, 86-83, but the Nets still lead it two to one. With the Bucks win, does that mean it can go to a six, seven game series, or is Brooklyn going to just roll right through? Alec, I'll start with you. Start with me. Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, James Harden still has yet to enter the series. Uh, Bucks have only been competitive in one game. Luckily for them, they did win last night. Uh, although, I'll say I thought that KD3 at the end was going in. Um, and also, you got to take into consideration that uh, I think Brown took the last two field goal attempts, which was super weird. Um, oh, is that me? You hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. Uh, my bad. But uh, I, w- I was looking at uh, some of the stats for that. Uh, Kevin Durant still went for 30. Um, Kyrie went for 22 and, and no Harden. I-, I don't think that the-, the Bucks can hold the Nets to 80 points again, ever, probably ever. Um, it- that's what it took for them to win. It took them to hold them to 83. I think, uh, too, if you all saw that stat, uh, Middleton and Giannis – uh, had the most ever percentage like of the team's points for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. 68 out of 86. Which, that's crazy to me, but also you got to understand that how many times does a team score 86 points in a game, you know what I mean, in a playoff game? So I guess that's why, but that's still a super high percentage. The And then you had Holiday with nine, and then only three other people had even scored. Yeah, so – we hear from Ali. You think it's not going to make a difference. Uh, Jake, what about you? I'm thinking that the series is probably going to end in five. Like Alec was saying, the last three shots for Brooklyn, Joe Harris missed a three, and then Bruce Brown missed two um, makeable close range, like in the paint type shots. Um, and I, I would imagine that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving not touching the ball for – like the last, you know, three crucial possessions, I don't think that went unaddressed. Whether it be from Steve Nash or Durant and Kyrie, that that's not going to happen again. Um, so I'm I'm thinking that the the series is going to be over in five. Like, if especially if James Harden comes back, you can just go ahead and close the book on it. But keeping Brooklyn below a hundred points again is probably not going to happen. And I don't think Milwaukee is skilled enough offensively to outscore Brooklyn. All right, yeah, I kind of agree with that segue. I mean, Brooke, the Bucks had a close win. I mean, from the rest of the series, earlier in the series, the games were blowouts, not even close. I still think Brooklyn still is going to take the series. It could be 4-1, to one, it could be 4-2, to two, but I still think Brooklyn is going to take the series. And staying in the East, we have the 76ers and the Hawks. Series tied 1-1 game three tonight. Does Philly take the lead, or does Trey Young come in and steal one from the 76ers? Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Is Embiid playing tonight? Has that has that been announced? I think, he, I think he was ruled active. Okay, if he's active, Philly's winning. They just, they just don't have an answer for him. It doesn't matter if anybody else pops off. Um, Seth Curry is going to hit his shots, and they just don't have any answer for Joel Embiid down low. 
Capella's a he's a he's a good player, but I mean they just don't have anybody who can physically match up with Embiid. Right, uh, Alec. What about you? Do you think the uh, Hawks can take one or the Seventy Sixers with the, with Embiid down there and strong? Or is it going to be tough to stop them? Well, it's going to be the first game in Atlanta. Uh, the Hawks, you know, they did pick off one of those two games on the road. Uh, Embiid obviously went for 40, as Mr. Jake was saying. Um, he's pretty hard to stop for anyone, but the, the Hawks really don't have an answer defensively. Um, I, I mean, I think that in, if Embiid gets his, but you don't let anyone else really hurt you, you've got a good chance if you're the Hawks. Um, and that's, of course, just under the assumption that Trey Young does what Trey Young does. I mean, he's averaging a something like 25 points a game in the playoffs. Uh, and obviously Bogdanovich has been a nice, uh, you know, number two man uh, scoring for the Hawks. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the Hawks are definitely the underdog. Uh, I think they're like a two point underdog tonight. They could do it, but if two, if, if Embiid and, and Tobias both go for big numbers, I don't see how the Hawks keep up, but honestly, shout out to the Hawks, man. Cause I don't think anyone ever thought they'd be here. So, I mean, just for that, no, Make it no, because they still had to put, do that play-in tournament at the yeah. beginning of the series. Yeah, I mean, just for them to even be here, and uh, if they can even make this a competitive series, let alone win it, I think that's a huge step in the right direction for that franchise, which really hasn't been good in quite some time. Not really since the Joe Johnson, uh, Josh Smith era, which those are some nice Hawks teams. But Well, you forget that Atlanta Hawks team that was back in the um... – was it that first Miami Heat title with LeBron when they they had a Kyle Korver and all those guys that that strong Atlanta Hawk team they were great back then and then it kind of just fell apart in the playoffs. I forget about them. That's that was a Joe John uh, Joe Johnson. Who was their point? Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember. Anyway, it wasn't Mike Bibby, was it? No. Was that too late? That was a little bit too late. But that was a little too late. Bibby was in my head. I was thinking Bibby. I'm not sure. Shout out to Mike Bibby. Yeah, dude, he's jacked these days. Dude, he and speaking of, Bibby should have got a ring on those old Kings teams. Oh yeah, that uh what? Who was that? 2000 or 2001 uh Kings. Yeah, man, those early 2000s Kings teams were crazy with Paige Sarakovich and um Chris Webber, Mike Bibby. Those were some serious squads and they took Kobe and Shaq to the complete wire and I think they were actually the one seed the one year that they lost the Lakers to go in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Sorry to get off but, the there. No, but it brought up a good point that, you know, Atlanta has proven in the past to have, you know, either have a good team but struggle in the playoffs. But now we have a team with a young core in Trey Young. You got a good center in Clint Capella. And I feel like that this team, if they were able to win tonight, might segue them to a good – path towards the Eastern Conference Finals, but we'll have to see. Like And like you said, if Embiid and Harris go off tonight, it's going to be tough for Atlanta to come back. Hey, and Chris, let me just – I don't know if this is going to be your next segue or not. I'm sure it's one of your topics. The Suns Nuggets, I got to say, I was wrong about the Suns. Uh, I was disrespecting the Suns. They are really, really good. Uh, I know the Nuggets are without Murray, but the Suns are firing on all cylinders. Chris Paul maybe should have been MVP, and Devin Booker is cooking. Right, and that actually was going to be the next segue. Suns winning game two, 123 to 98 against the Nuggets. Game three tonight. It are the Nuggets done? 2-0. Suns up. Is it over, Alec? Well, you're going back to Denver, so that's that's helpful. 
uh, Jokic, uh, you know, he's going to be great tonight. That's for sure he's going to be great. And, and, and similar to what I said about Embiid, and I think, you know, those two players are often compared to each other, uh, Jokic and Embiid as the two best big men in the league. If Jokic gets his and no one else hurts you, how can the Nuggets possibly keep up on the scoreboard with the the combination of Booker going for nearly 30 every night, CP3 getting his, and really getting everyone else in the offense um, you know, asserted into, into their roles? I mean, the Suns are, are a really good defensive team, too, which I slept on. Um, you know, I think even if the Lakers are healthy, this Suns team might have got them. That's that's how yeah, I, I I still I I agree with you in being a Lakers fan. It's tough to kind of say that out loud, but it's you know it's the truth. I mean, the Suns are just a better like overall team. The Lakers look good on paper, but the Suns are just a better overall team. I thought and the Suns were a funny two seed. They're legit. I, I, they they are a legit two seed. And uh, shout out to Jokic winning MVP. First, uh, second rounder, non-first rounder to win a, a title, and the first big man since Shaq to win MVP. Wow, which is really impressive, con- considering the path that Jokic had to take. Considering, like, he was number two overall, overall, uh, second round, over, second round pick, and you know, coming in, he was really big. He kind of slimmed down a little bit, a lot compared to what he was, and you know, he's MVP. This dude's draft announcement was overshadowed by like a Chalupa commercial. It was a Taco, Taco Bell. Bell commercial. It was a Taco what? Bell commercial. Are you serious? Yes. That's yes. what was playing when they announced that this guy was the one who was drafted. It, it was, was so disrespectful. It was a Taco Bell commercial. And he was announced as a second round thing. I was, I've never, I was like, man, that's crazy. I've never seen that. Oh, you got to look it up. It's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in my life. Pick in the 2014 NBA draft. The Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I hear the music. <laughs> Jokic out of Serbia. <laughs> also, get a fire quesarito at your local Taco <laughs> Bell. <laughs> so a, a quesarito commercial overshadowed okay, the okay, MVP's okay. draft. That was the most disrespectful thing. I'm so glad you put that on there because that's hilarious. I honestly, just... though, the quesarito is pretty underrated. I'm going to say if I was overshadowed by a Taco Bell menu <laughs> item, the, the quesarito demands respect. Let's be honest. I, I would be overshadowed so, by the beefy Frito burrito. So to- Oh, no, I and I agree with you. So, kind of segueing back, talking about the MVP, Derrick Rose got a vote. That was the he got the fan vote. He got the fan vote. Yeah, that he was... got the fan vote. That's... But I mean, still, he, still, he got a vote. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, the fans love D Rose. D Rose, obviously, to our generation, you know, coming up, middle school, high school era, you know, he being the king of Chicago, Chicago hometown kid, first overall pick. Uh, you know, everyone like loved D Rose. Everyone you can't, you can't hate him. One of the one what one of the youngest MVPs. He might be the youngest MVP. I think he's the yeah, youngest. He's still the youngest MVP. Yeah. Do you guys know how old he was? Like twenty one? I think he was I don't even think he was twenty one. I think he was nineteen. Nah, nah, because he played a year at college. He played at Memphis and he yeah, lost. He, 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 he went to Memphis under Coach Cow. Wasn't well, yeah, Coach Cal was at Memphis at the time before he Sorry, yeah. moved okay, over he to was, Kentucky. He was 22. 22, okay. Yeah, I knew. I think it was yep. the third season with the Bulls. Um, yeah. Everyone loved, Everyone wanted to be D-Rose. Remember his shoes were hot, too, at the time. Mm-hmm. Like D-Rose. Yeah. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with that Heat team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
and the last one we have the Jazz and the Clippers. Uh, shout out to Rudy Gobert for Defensive Ooh. Player of the Year. Jazz won Game Two, one seventeen, one eleven, close game to the Clippers. Jazz up two nothing in the series. Can the Clippers, can Kawhi and PG make a comeback? And in my opinion, PG kind of performs well in the last, you know, in crunch time, just not the overall game. But I could be wrong. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Um, touching back to that Atlanta Hawks team 2013, I just want to share the, the guards on that team. Devin Harris, Jeff Teague, Teague. and Lou Williams were the three yeah. main guards on that those team. Were, um, yeah, and back then, those guards were amazing. Yeah. That was but, talent. With the Utah and Clippers series, um, I mean, after what the Clippers did to to Dallas, you know, they were one of the teams that I thought could potentially make the finals. Uh, the big comeback against them, I don't think I could count them out yet. Um, Donovan Mitchell's really stepping up. He's putting up big numbers. I don't know if you saw this, but Stephen A., tweeted that Donovan Mitchell is the best Utah Jazz player ever. Ahead of John Stockton and ahead of the mailman. Get out of here with that. I think I think that's a that's a it's a tough statement. If he wins a championship, I'll consider it. But yes. so, but John Stockton and Carl Malone were two of the greatest Utah Jazz players to ever play. They want they got him to back to back NBA finals. Yeah, that's a trash statement from Steve. And you know, Stephen A is just yeah. supposed to say that, stuff and rile people up. But the mail. That's clickbait. Yeah. And, and, and Jake, I do have, like you said about the Mavs, I did have here that you wrote that you had the 76ers <laughs> versus the Mavs. Oh, I'm so looking so dumb right now. Your Western Conference is out. Yeah. It'd be like that sometimes. But... Alex still has the Nets and the Nuggets, but the I Nuggets kind of look. All about the Nuggets anymore. I thought that they were going to be a lot better. Actually, if I could change it now, I'm gonna say I think the Jazz make it out of the West. But uh, you know, I gotta. I think it's gonna be close because if if it's the Suns Jazz, that's that could go to seven. I gotta stick. Could go to seven games. I gotta I gotta let my Nuggets stick it out. You just got. Well, you just gotta stick it out. We'll see how it what, goes. What if the finals is Utah versus Atlanta? Is anybody gonna watch? Atlanta's not making the finals. Atlanta's not making out of the what? East. The only reason I say that. Kevin Durant a, that's goes tough. down with an Achilles injury. Don't Nets are that. done. I'm not even rooting for that, and I hate the Nets. I don't. Yeah, I'm I don't want that to happen either. That either. If anybody other than the Nets make it out of the East, is anybody going to watch? Yeah, it depends. I mean, obviously, we're going to see some new teams, regardless. Um, yeah. Roster wise, the best two teams on both sides are Clippers and Nets. So, I mean, I don't think that if it's not those teams, people won't watch. I, I personally don't want to even see the Clippers in the in the finals but or the Nets. But those are the best teams on paper. Yeah. I want to see on Phoenix paper, Like through. you said, on paper. But it's just talent, like playing-wise, well, the, the Clippers have been struggling. And it's, you know, if if they can't win game three, then it's over. Well, the Nets, the best team on, on paper and on the hardwood. Yeah, it, right now, yeah. Proves me wrong. I mean, I don't think anyone. I mean, not just and what's and what's funny is the remaining eight teams, five of uh, five of them have never won a title. The Jack five of them have never won a title. The Nets, the, Nets, it's the Clippers, the Suns, the Jazz, and the Nuggets have never won a title. The Jazz have been close twice. The Nets have been close once. Have the Clippers ever even made the Western Conference Finals? 
They haven't. They never no, made they it. They never made it to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, that's the Suns sad. have been close. Lob City never made the Western Conference Finals. No, because they choked. They choked uh, during they playoff blew, time. Who'd they blow a 3-1 lead to? Lob City. I don't know if they blew a 3-1. I don't know. They did. They, let's Was see. it? What year would that have been? That would have been 2014, 15. They definitely blew a 3-1 lead. I remember. Was that OKC? I think it was OKC. Was it Oklahoma um, City? Yeah, it was. Because then OKC blew a 3-1 OKC lead. lost. Yeah. O- OKC, OKC came blew back it. and then blew a 3-1 lead the very next series. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that some of those Nuggets teams oh. from a few years ago didn't make it. Like, but they had Iverson. They had Chauncey Billups. They had Carmelo. They had, Carmelo, they had Nene. Like they, they had some really they had good a team, teams. They had, but you look at who played during that time. There were some good teams, like that were there during that time, still playing hard. And the Nuggets have, like you said, have had good teams. It's just hard to get out of the West. Let and me- the Jazz, when they went back to back and tough losses to Jordan and the Bulls, Suns also lost to the Bulls back in the ni- the nineties. Nets lost in was it ninety nine or two thousand? They lost the Nets. Yeah, when about they were the New Jersey Nets, not the Brooklyn Nets. The New Jersey Nets. When they went to the finals and lost to the Spurs. Yeah, was that ninety nine? No, no, no. That was like two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. That's when they had Jason Kidd, Kenyon. That's right. Shout yeah, out, you're right. You're right. And uh, their third was Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson was a dog in the early 2000s. He was. Let me give you all he a really was a great player. I got a really good stat for y'all. The Clippers were the first team in NBA history to blow a playoff series lead in five straight years. This is from 13 to 17. The 3 1 lead was in 2015, 3 1 lead against the Rockets. And that's when the Rockets uh, came back on them from 3 1. And they blew one last year, too. Yeah, well, last year, obviously, yeah. But that's the Lob City era. So even when they had Lob City, they never made the Western Conference. Oh, they should have. Lob City should have at least gone to the finals, but they couldn't do it. Yeah, they should have gone to the Western Conference finals, but I don't think they ever should have made it out. They were good, but the West been the West been good for a while. Plus, the Spurs still dominated up until like twenty, you know, sixteen, seventeen. So all right, so we went through the playoff series. Uh, we're still kind of seeing how that plays out. So the next question I have, so you guys know about like the score, the website, the sports website and all that, right? Yeah. So they did a bracket survey deciding which was the greatest NBA championship team of all time. Ooh. And they concluded that the 96 Bulls were the best. For sure. They So the finals in that was the 96 Bulls versus the 01 Lakers. 96 Bulls went had 72 wins. Won the title. Lakers went fifteen and one in the playoffs. What did the Bulls, what did the Bulls go in the playoffs? Were they fifteen and one as well? No, ninety six. They they went six. They went six games in the finals against the SuperSonics. Ah, yeah, the glove. No, was it was it the SuperSonics or? Yeah, that was the SuperSonics. Yeah, it was, they went six games against Seattle, but. Do you all agree with the 96 Bulls as the greatest championship team of all time? Agree, Whole, disagree? Uh, uh, Jake, what do you think? Wholeheartedly disagree. Ooh, what do you think? Who do you think was? The 71-72 Lakers. 33-game win streak. Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, 
um, Gail Goodrich, Pat Riley, Jerry West. Like, you're not beating that team. That was a good team. What what answer are they going to have for Wilt, Elgin, Pat Riley, Jerry West? Dennis Rodman, bro. You can't guard everybody. Do you you think the 96 Bulls are the best? We're the best championship team of all time? I mean, come on, man. They got the greatest player of all time. They got the greatest number two of all time. They got the greatest defensive player, rebounder of all time, the greatest coach of all time. Then you got oh, real oh, solid re- – you got some solid role players, man. I mean, I – and also, don't forget about Tony Kukoc, sixth man of the year that year as well. And you all found out he's, he's, he's headed to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. He's, he's, he's internationally headed. a really good player. Obviously, had some good teams in the Olympics as well for Croatia and yeah. really successful overseas before he, you remember, he's in, he was in a bit of a contract uh, dispute trying to get over. And that, of course, if you all saw the documentary, but it was, yeah, uh, the, the Bulls documentary. The last day. It was the war, it was the war going on. Yeah. And- Jerry Krause found out about him, and obviously it uh, it upset Michael Jordan and Scotty because of how much attention he was giving to a player that was still playing overseas. But, I mean, the 96 Bulls, man. I mean, they 72-10, and 10, best record ever, NBA champions. I, I, they did lose two games in the finals to the Supersonics. Supersonics were pretty good that year, though, let me tell you. They had the glove, Gary Payton. Uh, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp was kind of good, uh, but those Lakers are really good. And what George Carl is a tr- George Carl is a coach. Where did where did uh, the Lakers the seventy one Lakers finish in that bracket, Chris? Did you do you have the whole bracket up? I do not, but I can check. Pull it up. Well, see while what he's checking, obviously um, eighteen the eighteen Warriors. I mean, Greg Popovich <laughs> is the greatest coach of all time. I'll just go ahead and correct that. Anybody listening out there? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, better than Phil. Phil coached two of the top five great – two of the top – we'll call it three. We'll go ahead and put Shaq in there. Oh, Shaq. Three of the top ten greatest players of all time. 100%. Greg Popovich doesn't have any top ten greatest player of Ooh, all time. Ooh, Tim Duncan's close. He's not. Yeah, he's close. He's, he's not top close. ten. He's close. Yeah, he's close, but – Timmy ain't far off from Shaq. He's just not quite as dominant as Shaq in, in during a certain time because of how big he was. But he Timmy's Whereas Manu Ginobili is is easily a top ten shooting guard of all time and probably not far from top five. Check the stats. Plus, Manu Ginobili won a gold medal on uh, America against America. Yeah, the greatest choke job of all time for sure. But I don't know, man. So, Popovich and Tony Parker was really good too. Shaq is number eight in scoring, and Kobe and so, Michael are four and five. So that's the, what the Phil team, Jackson had to work with. So the teams on the bracket: you had the '96 Bulls, you had the '91 Bulls, you had the '71 Milwaukee Bucks, you had the '89 Detroit Pistons, mm. you had the 2017 Warriors and the 15 Warriors. Wait, the 17 Warriors are the team that won 73 but lost? Yeah. Yeah. Why not the 18 Warriors, the team with Kevin Durant? Kind of silly. You had the 83 76ers. You had the 2013 Miami Heat. Really good team. So we're not putting the 71, 72 Lakers in the bracket. You had the 87 Lakers. Mm. You had the 01 Lakers. Mm. The 2014 Spurs, mm. the 1999 Spurs, 
the 86, 86 Celtics team, the 08, 2008 Celtics team, the 2016 Cavaliers, and the 2019 Toronto Raptors. The 2016 Cavaliers? 2019 yes. Raptors were butt cheeks, bro. They only that won. That team got he was so hurt. lucky. Yeah. Both of those teams got lucky, honestly. The, the Cavs being able to come back from three. And I'm a Cavs fan. Cavs should not have won a title that year. But, ah, man, I can't see that. Oh, the, when they were down, they were down three to one against the Warriors. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, that's the. And came back. That's the 73 win Warrior team. Yeah, <laughs> don't mean a thing without the, the ring. This and this bracket is just disrespectful. There's so many historically great teams. Oh, one Lakers are really good. Yeah, oh, one Lakers were nice. the oh, one Lakers, fifteen and one in the playoffs, and route to their second straight title. Kobe and Shaq, you and Kobe, Shaq, Derek Fisher, wait, Rick well, Fox, even on that team. I got a good uh, question for y'all. Do y'all know who their one loss was against? Off the top, no looking it up. Oh, oh, one Lakers. Y'all should know that. That was Phil. It was the 76ers, wasn't it? That's the step over. That's the, the step Al- over. It's a step over. Allen Iverson step over Tyron Lue. Yeah, yeah. Game one. Uh, AI game. for 40 plus. Yep. Their only loss. I, I never forget that. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, AI was an absolute. That's a, AI was a that's, that's probably the worst. That's the worst team to ever make the NBA Finals. You AI. think they're worse than LeBron's first finals team? They're both really bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, so ooh. bad. They need, they, they need to do a bracket on the worst NBA finals team. Those teams, both of those teams had no business making the finals. They have no number. No, two. but they had like one or two stars that. They each had one know, superstar, and that was it. That was it, trying to lead the team to a title. And like, I felt like. That was tough. Those rosters did not age well either. Like when you look back at those rosters, you're you don't even know half the players. Like, dude, I always remember like, the first Cavs. What was the first year the Cavs won? Was it 05? 05 or the, the first year the Cavs went? Yeah, was that 06? Was that seven? Okay, I think Booby Gibson, yeah, one of their best players. I'll never forget that. And Drew Daniel Marshall, Donio. Big Z. Zadrunas Ogalskis. Zadrunas Ogalskis. Oh, my God. All right. I'll, I'll try Looking to- at that now, it's terrible. Okay, the, the 0-1 Sixers. I'll just tell y'all anyone that's even notable. Eric okay. Snow. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo when he was like yeah. really 80 years old. But he was, like, he was up there. He shouldn't have – he had no business being like still – Playing. Dikembe Mutombo was born in 1966. He had no business. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he had no business being there. 35 years old at that time, which honestly, he probably might have been older than that. They had Theo Ratliff. They had Eric Snow. Good call, Jake. The Michigan State alum. Who else did they oh. even have? They had, oh, they had Tony Kukoc in his twilight. <laughs> in his later years that's like when scotty pippen went to the blazers in his later years bro i know that y'all saw that picture i posted on ig uh me and scotty pippen uh when i was a little kid uh like last year i posted it but i met him at disney world that's when he played for the blazers he that's when he got paid it was like, that's when he got paid like oh two felt so after watching that you know the bulls document i felt so bad for scotty pippen he got ripped off <laughs> he got ripped off. It was his own fault, though, because he signed. It was. I I agree. It was his fault, and I don't think he realized how much the league would take off as far as you know, 
like salaries and you know money coming in. I mean, you know, you gotta understand. Felt... Scotty Pippen comes from the dirt, man. He was very, very, very poor. Very. So like he, he, an he went to what? Um, uh, what was that school? Uh, Ar- the something Arkansas, man. Arkansas, Arkansas State. Arkansas State. Ark State. It was a small no, 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 school. No, no, it was, NA, it was NA, Arkansas. University of Central Arkansas. NAIA. Arkansas. NAIA. He was an equipment manager. Yeah, but and he, he finally got the walk on. in a year, right? Didn't he? Wasn't he like six foot tall when he graduated high school, and then he was like six seven by his like sophomore year of college? Yeah, he grew. He had like a growth spurt going in, and he finally like he he played really well. And then he what, what drafted by the Sonics, traded, traded, or was it was it the Sonics or it might have been Seattle, dude. And, and since we're talking about Scottie Pippen, basically talking about Last Dance, Dennis Rodman went to North Central Texas JUCO for a year, and then he went to Southeastern Oklahoma State. And he was like homeless yeah. for some of that. That's crazy. But he, but he had numbers that you know all he did was defense, rebound, and imagine score Rod- in the paint barely. Rodman. But he <laughs> Rodman playing NAIA, bro. Imagine how how crappy that must have been to be playing NAIA against Dennis Rodman. Like he ate people in the NBA, let alone like small time hoops. <sighs> I just can't put any merit to this this bracket that I'm looking at. Yeah. I know it's 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 hard because the teams that they picked, I was questioning. You know, they were good teams. I don't know about great NBA championship teams. I think they left out a few that were that should have qualified. Let me see who was on this. Eighty-six. But, but uh, circling back, we're gonna do this one more segment and then go into commercial break. I started a new segment. It's gonna be called Thirty Seconds or Less," and it's talking about the 2021 free agents this year, option or club option or even unrestricted free agent. So I'm gonna say out some names. Do they stay with their team or are they leaving? We'll do it mm. for thirty seconds, and the time starts now. Chris Paul of the Phoenix Suns. Staying. Staying. Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers. He gone. He leaving. Oh, he, you think he's staying? Mike Conley, Utah. Oh, he's staying. Gone. Kyle Lowry, Toronto. Staying. He's a lifer. Staying. I'm going to have to agree. DeMar DeRozan, Spurs. Gone. Lakers. Yep, he's going to <laughs> Otto Porter Jr. Orlando. Retiring. No one no one probably wants him. God, I don't know. Uh I guess leaving. <laughs> Victor Oladipo, Houston. Ooh. He plays for Miami now. Oh, Miami. Miami. Yeah, Miami. He's staying. He's staying in Miami. That's where he wants to be. Goran Dragic, Miami. Hmm. I think they'll let him go. The Dragon. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't know if they can actually afford to sign him if they're going to make another move. Yeah. I, think I don't think they'll be able to keep him. I think they want him. Hmm. Tim Hardaway Jr., Dallas. They're not letting him go. Staying. Dennis Schroeder, Lakers. I don't think he could get out fast enough. Oh, he's gone. He he took Lakers out of his IG bio before the Yeah, game. that's that's the done deal. And the last one, Evan Fournier, Boston. I don't think Boston wants anything to do with him anymore. Yeah, I'd say probably gone. He laid an egg for them. 
All right, that's been a, a, a quick segment of 30 seconds or less. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NCAA and facing inequalities in both the men's and women's tournaments, as well as an AAU question about, you know, is AAU more important in recruiting than playing in a high school sport? So stay tuned. All right, and we are back. Continuing on with the segment, when we finished, I was going to talk about NCAA inequalities. So, Jake, with NCAA inequalities still taking place and there being differences in how hospitality and care are for student-athletes during tournaments and even the regular season, what needs to change to be able to make a difference? And keeping in mind, the NCAA made $519 million in 2020 compared to $1.18 billion in 2019. Now, I know the coronavirus did a lot to impact with that, but Title IX is Title IX, and, you know, we got to bring it equal across the board. What do you think would be a big change in order to make that a difference and to improve the care for the student athletes, both men and women? So the, the biggest thing is that the NCAA is not a nonprofit. They are there to make a dollar. Um, so that, that does play a factor into what perks you can have. But in terms of like just care, um, housing, food, travel arrangements, I think what needs to happen is that you need to stop spending all the money on the men. You can take it down a lot and the players will still be fine. And you can divert some of that money to give the women what they, I mean, at least the bare minimum that they need. Like, they for the NCAA tournament, like they they were blatantly disrespected with their, you know, the men's workout room compared to the women's. There was no reason that that had to be that way. You could have divided the room in half, or you could have just not divided it. Had one super big workout room, let everybody use it. But there's no reason that some money can't be diverted to to make it easier for the women. Like women. Women's NBA, for example, um, they have a much more brutal travel schedule than the men. They play more back-to-backs. They do less time in each city, which is it's just silly to me, for one, because they're all the, you know, the greatest athletes in the world. They don't need three days in between games to begin with. So I, th- I think the biggest thing is that money, some money just needs to be diverted take some perks from the men, even though that is your breadwinner, but the women still definitely deserve better. I agree with that. I also think that it comes from, you know, with donors giving their money specifically to just one team. I feel like with donations, with like, um, you know, alumni giving money back to the school, I think, like you said, it needs to be split across the board. Like money, especially large amounts, just need to go to all the teams so that they each have an equal chance to, you know, make their presence known. And we donate it to the, the athletic department. Donate it to the athletic department. That way it can just be spread through there. Because there was a time and kind of transitioning from basketball to football with FAU. 
FAU had to drop their program for a couple of years because of money problems. But they were, you know, they weren't like a bad team. They were just uh, money was being put into other places. And I think money just needs to be split across the board, not just for men's sports, but for women's sports to be spread around so that everyone has enough money to do what they want to get the attention that they need to get the support from not only the school, but from the community to have a presence known. I mean, would you agree or do you think something else along the lines? Like when we, when we traveled at UC, if we had to stay overnight, we didn't get our own room. I don't know if that's how it is, you know, at the high levels of the NCAA, but I've seen a lot of posts on social media where it doesn't exactly look like these guys are slumming it where they stay like we we were no, like mo- we were like, like motel know, six we had two division one beds. athletes get you know the hilton or like yeah. you know they get they get better hotels we division two like like you said i mean wise was no different we had we were like three to a room just to save money or when we I, i'm not, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask this because um we're what was the most common area that the team that your team would eat at? Because I know mine. Oh man, um, where would y'all most commonly eat at? You remember Alec Foot, right? Our one seed, like the yes. regionally ranked guy. Yeah. So yeah. that dude could put food down. So when we would travel, his favorite place was Golden Corral, and we called it Golden Big Al because that dude would just he would just throw it <laughs> down like. <laughs> I saw this dude eat 32 ounces of steak with sides of, like, mashed potatoes, onions. Like, he's just I would have a heart attack. Are you kidding me? When we traveled, um, we would either do Golden Corral. If we were at home, we would do – in Kanawha City, there was a really good Chinese place. It wasn't very expensive. It was only, like, $10 for the buffet. That's where we would go. But When 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 y'all were home – yeah, sometimes home, we sometimes we, we didn't to eat do, after home. Yeah, we didn't do anything when we were at home. It if was, we had a late match, the oh, coach would take us out to eat just because there weren't as many we food didn't. options on campus. We did not. If we were home, we had to go find our own food. <laughs> if we were away, we went to Cracker Barrel. Oh yeah, we did. Cracker we Barrel went a to Cracker Barrel more like eighty percent of the time. We went to either Cracker Barrel, Shoney's, or Ryan's. Yeah, but if, if we it. if we had to travel and stay somewhere, uh, Coach had us in like Econo Lodge, Motel Six. Like we, we we'd have two twin beds and the pull out couch. Like we we had three people to a room. Yeah. So and and we were fine with it. Like we're we're supposed yeah, to be yeah. these good and athletes. Like I don't I don't need to stay. We were building. we were Division Two. Like we yeah. we did the best we could. I just wish. You know, I I couldn't tra- I couldn't look at out of schools like out of state schools, and it stinks because, you know, my senior year I committed to the team, and everyone else didn't. I felt I was so mad at them. I don't even talk to them anymore. I was so mad. Your college because, team? Yes, because yeah. they didn't care. I was so angry. Like we were we were set to get ready for conditioning in season started. I was trying to get them ready in December or even yeah. late November. They wanted to start in January. Wait, y'all like are you, y'all didn't start conditioning until February? 
No, like Yo, the season, first no, first no, day back on campus. Like, Coach like had our us conditioning. Season, yeah, our season, like the season would have started in February, like late February going into March was when like the season would start. Like we would start conditioning in the beginning of the year, but then stop, and then we wouldn't get back on it until maybe end of November, December. Like just like I would do my own thing as far as conditioning. The guys wouldn't. Like they didn't care. They wanted to go out. They wanted to party, and I get it. But like, just at least care. Y'all are on a yeah. college team. Care. And like we we were two a days for the most part. Like as soon as we got back onto campus. We were conditioning every morning before class. Like the first night, coach had everyone put their schedules down, and we would condition at like 7 a.m. until if you had an 8 a.m. class, you got to go to class. And then if you didn't have an 8 a.m. class, you're there till 8.30. And then usually at like 4 or 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, we went to the YMCA to practice. That's the reason y'all were number one and we were like number six. <laughs> Y'all cared. I would have loved to have been on that team. I probably would have played, you know, six or seven, but I would have loved to have been on that team. It wasn't what – it wasn't as good as what you would think. No, but, I I mean, you all put in the work. Y'all made sure the effort was there. Our guy – like, my team just, you know, it hurt that senior year. Like, my freshman, this junior year, like, we cared. We made it to tournament. Like, we at least made it to the tournament. Or, you know, I was so upset my junior year when Jamie Gibson, like bringing it back to the second episode, Jamie Gibson beat me out of second second team all-conference. That's an absolute joke that he made all-conference. I'll send you the picture. I still have that lineup that he made all-conference, but he didn't stay at one position. And the only reason I didn't make all-conference my junior or senior year is because we didn't make the tournament. I felt like that was the only reason I didn't make it. And the only reason Jamie played four that year, not a lot of people know this, Jake Lorenz played five that year. He went to coach and said, Coach, it's my last year. I don't have anything to improve for. You've got Jamie for another year. Put him at four. That way he gets he plays better people, gets better to help you next year, and let me play five. That's the only somebody, reason Jamie. I wish somebody would have videotaped that match I had with him because just this, just when I played him, you you probably saw it. I lobbed him more time. He whiffed at a couple of those lobs that I hit him, and he complained about the height of the lob. Yeah, every time, like the lob would go about a hundred feet in the air, it would land in, and he would either miss or hit it out. And he's like, "What? He he can't do that." Like, what am I going to do? And he kept getting mad at me. I was like, play the game, man. He, he just kept – he would just – he kept feeding you forehands. Like, you had one of the bigger forehands in the conference. I don't know why he did that. <laughs> oh, and he, he, never, he never went to my back end. I was like – Yeah, he back never end. went to your like, back he kept, he Even when he would push me left towards my backhand side – he never went to my back and I'm like, all right, I'll hit you down the line. That doesn't yeah. hurt me. You just, I will you hit just you kept down the line. Forehands at him. It was amazing. And he, and he didn't. And then he kept trying to like every time it was a close line call, he'd be like, out. Oh, and he was. So and he, I was just like, oh, really? Now you're gonna do it? That's when I had to call coach. I was like, coach, come here, come here. Somebody watch him. He was the, even even I've y'all were like, it was in, Chris. Saying. It was in. He's lying to you. It was in. 
I've never seen somebody cheat as bad as Jamie did, no, even to his own teammates. Like, like he, you want to win go. that bad? Like, but yeah. So, but I think with kind of going back to it, I think NCAA just needs to find a system. Either the NCAA and the schools just need to find a system where everyone gets the same amount of opportunity as far as you know, hospitality, care, arrangements, you know, media time, you know, just media coverage in general. You want it, especially Division One. Like, I have never seen – I think women's college softball was more televised than men's just yeah. because of the play and how hard they worked. It's it's I, definitely a lot faster. The games are quicker. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy, good watch. It is. And, you know, I think just – the hard work that was shown and you know teams you know work hard all year and shout out to jmu women's softball for the the upsets that they had the you know the time that they put in and you know how far they made it i was impressed but moving on and I, I, again, I think the NCAA and the colleges need that they need to work something out with there. So the last question I have regarding AAU with AAU basketball kind of rising on bringing in a lot more talent and recruit recruiting opportunities than high school basketball. Are we going to see a point where high school basketball is just for guys who don't qualify for AAU? I don't know if it'll ever get to that point. I don't think. I don't think college scouts necessarily trust AAU a whole lot. Like you, you've got guys like Julian Newman and Geo Wise who really become like kind of viral. They became, but they viral bit, but they're selfish players. Yeah, like, I, I think, think that's saying. that's selfish the players. AAU, I think, and AAU does give that mentality and that you know everyone wants to be a star and everyone feels like everyone's watching. Everyone has, you know, a camera phone trying to get ankles broken or, you know, a dunk on them and get that recruit. But I think it it, it requires a team effort. Basketball is a team sport. Yep. It is not a one person sport. You have four other guys out there who I'm not saying are like, you, you got to work as a team, a well-oiled machine, like a car can't work with three wheels. A car can't run on three wheels. A car needs all four wheels. And a car needs an engine. And a car needs, you know, a brake and a, a brake pedal and a gas pedal. Because if you don't have a brake, you're just flooring it. And that's not good. It needs AAU's, to be a well-oiled uh, machine. It's a lot of ISO. You know, dribble, bring the ball up the floor, dribble, show your best, your best but, um, but they run standing a, they run a crossover. Quick. And there and and I've and me being a ref, I've wa- I've refed a lot of AAU games. I've watched a lot while refing, and it is that mentality. It's a lot of ISO, it's a lot of run and gun. They they catch the rebound, they're immediately on the move. No offense is set. No, yeah. Called the coach is yelling at them to call something, but I'm watching. It's like this is what I would see in a in a rec basketball game. They're mm-hmm. kind of just running on their own. No one's setting a tops screen everyone's kind of doing their thing and it and it hurts them because once they get to a point where they got to play like a team the coach is the coach he's gonna if you're not doing it the way he says you're gonna be on the bench 
and you've got like you can stack teams like th- this is a bad example but the the principle still applies Bronny James his AAU team he had Mikey Williams Mikey Williams is the number one player in the country like how do we, how do we know how good anybody else on that team is if the yeah, only you know, defensive game plan that they're even considering is how do you control Mikey Williams and Bronny James how do we know how good someone really is uh, unless we see right. them. And I and I feel like a lot of AAU teams stack they they stack top players and AAU is still trying to, you know, get the whole eight like we talked about this in the second episode with age requirements and you know guys, you know, playing ages up yeah. or ages down to get a leg up and I'm like, is it worth it? Because if you get caught, you get caught, you're done. Like that builds a bad rep for you. Absolutely. It hurts does. the players that you ha- and it hurts the teammates that you have because they're trying to just play the game the right way. And if you're not willing to play the game the right way, I'm sorry. I don't think you should be a part of that team. I, I'm I don't all think for I'm all for AAU. I mean, yeah. like similar to yeah. AAU, like the USTA did a lot for me. Uh, it's similar, you know, travel tournaments and all that. But I, th- I think ultimately what matters is high school basketball i think that matters more because if you like if you've got one star player on a team like zion williamson playing 4a ball in in south carolina i think him dominating the way he did in in 4a you know being the the main guy i think that carries a lot more weight yeah i agree with that and kind of realizing the fact Without high school, especially a high school basketball team with the players, who's going to want to go? Like nobody yeah. wants to watch, you know, teams Me. that can't can't dribble, can't shoot, can't pass. You know, no but one's it, coming it, out to watch me play a high school basketball game. I tell you that much. <laughs> so no, no, and I agree with that. And I think what needs to change is the whole. AAU aspect itself. I think you have kids who think that they're the top dog because they're, you know, on an AAU team. I think parents are kind of lenient on the fact that my kid's on an AAU team Mm -hmm. and I can do whatever I want. I don't have to listen to the coach. I can coach my kids from the sideline. And if something happens, I'm going to retaliate. Now, I saw this last weekend. This was. This was like 10th, 11th grade. We had, there was five seconds left in the, I was not refing this game. Be in mind, I was not refing this game. I heard it. And I kind of watched it, you know, crumble in the process. There was a fight between players. And, you know, it finally got settled. And then a, and then a mom, a mom comes out onto the court trying to defend her son and starts wailing trying oh to goodness. fight one of the other kids on the other team i'm just like what is going on here what is, what are we doing as a society that allows this because and you want to hear the worst thing neither team neither team was ejected from the tournament neither what? team got kicked out of the tournament they still were able to play and i'm like how are you in debt that much that you just need the money like what's going on I would have kicked think, those team. Bo- I would have kicked both 
both teams out because both teams had a fight and they should have been ejected. And I'm just like, wow. I think AAU kind of fosters like a a mindset of being soft. Like you don't you're not playing on this team, you don't like the coach, you go play for another team. It it fosters that participation trophy mentality. Oh yeah. And and you know what I'm talking about. Oh, that yeah. Everyone's a winner. Yep. If you have and fun, if you, you don't won. like it, and if you don't like it, we'll put we'll complain about the coach and the coach will you go get it coming. And I just think that players and when we grew up, when we took the loss, we took the L. Yep. And we worked hard to get better at what we did wrong, not complain and argue the fact that someone else did something wrong to prevent that parent and parents and kids who, and, and this is kind of like my message of the day, parents and kids who are involved in a sport realize that it's a team effort, whether you're doing it as a team or as an individual, you need to put in the work and you need to put in the effort in order to get better. You can't just stay stagnant the entire time because mm-hmm. if that happens, you're fostering a mentality that, Everyone else is wrong, and you're not, and that's a problem. That's one of the things I loved about tennis. If I got beat, I had to just I had to take the L and move on. Right. I couldn't blame it on anybody. We else. both played tennis. If we got beat, we took the L. We got upset, but we realized that we lost to a guy who knew our game plan, yep. and it was our fault. It wasn't anybody else's fault. There was no ref. There was no umpire. And there could have been a wind, but you know you just have to play to that advantage. Basketball is indoors, so there's no, you can't complain about wind. Like you can't. They're it's actually just... at my high school. They don't do it anymore because they finally got caught. the The rim that went at a home game. We started on the the far end of the floor. The rim was ten feet tall. So first half we're fresh. No one's tired. No one's legs oh, are sore. That's not foot. even regulation height. The the basket on our second half side was nine and a half. Oh my gosh, that's just yep. So when we were our legs were sore and we were tired, we were shooting on a shorter rim. And they finally got caught a few years ago, and they they started making them go up to ten feet. I'm just like, I'm not saying that a, a half inch, especially with like a jump shot. It does make a difference. Yeah. And it, it it just bothers me that, you know, and it kind of, and it kind of retreat because being an official, a lot of stuff to call is hard to call because everyone's watching the NBA. Everyone's playing 2K. Everyone's, you know, watching, was that, how was that a travel? How was that a double dribble? How was that a carry? You know, it's what I see. Yeah. I'm going to call it how I see it. If it's how I saw it, I know that it's not it's it's a violation and it's going to be called. If you don't like the call, you can just go the other way. I can give you the whistle. You can do my job for me. The money, but you can do my job for me. How about that? And it it bothers me, but you know, just the mindful minute of the day is I think and you may, you made this as a good point. It's these kids and these parents are growing up with the participation trophy mindset that 
we everyone is a winner no matter what. Now, granted, we are taught that in elementary school, but if we're going to play a team sport, we know that it's everyone is a part of that team and everyone contributes how they can. Now, if we lose, it's just because we lose. It's not because of anybody else. Another team could be better or we just miss a shot. Either way, it you can't blame it on you can't solely blame it on like a ref. You can't solely blame it on, you know, just other people just getting in the way. And it hurts because you're kind of crippling them. They're not they're not trying to get better. They want to stay stagnant. I mean, do you agree or do you think that it's also something else? I I agree. I think you hit it right on the head. All right. Well, that has been ep- another episode of Hoop Jack. I want to thank Alec, even though he kind of left halfway through. I'm thankful for him to be been on the show. I'm thankful for Jake Atkins. Thank you again for being a part of the show. Anytime. Happy to and be. Again, if you would like to be on the show, you can DM, DM me for a co-host. Or comment any suggestions on our official Instagram account at underscore hoopjack underscore. There will be some giveaways for my fans in the future, so go follow and keep yourself updated on future giveaways. Again, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to get to know myself, Jake, Alec, the rest of the crew, and listening to our podcast. Looking forward to hearing from you guys in the future. And remember, don't be a bystander, be a hooper, and keep balling. Peace. See you, man.